0: You're listening to the Quicker Than Fast Podcast with your hosts, Michael and Robert Hardwick. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Quicker Than Fast Podcast to stay up to date on NFL news, information regarding episodes, and to join the conversation. And why not hit that like and share button on our Facebook page. And thank you for your support. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, pull out your hair ties. It's time to let your hair down and truly get funky.
0: Hello and welcome everyone to Episode 6 of the Quicker Than Fast Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Michael Hardwick, joined by my brother, Robert Hardwick. Hey, hey. Uh, Today we are recording in the Tiger King Studios, um, and we're going to be covering another group of draft prospects. Um, We decided that we're going to cover the tight end group and the linebacker group for the 2020 draft. Um, You know, if you go back and look at last episode, we covered the quarterbacks. The running backs, if you haven't looked at that yet, go look at it before you move on to tight ends and linebackers. But we have two more classes or two more episodes of draft prospects to do. Um, And then we'll be moving into mock drafts. And, yeah, we're less than a month away now from the draft. And we saw from Roger Goodell's memo that the draft is going to take place um, on the same days as of now. So much needed. something to look forward to. I mean, it's uh, whether you disagree or agree that the draft should be held, at least it'll give us something to look forward to. So, again, like we always say, we hope everyone's doing well. Hope you guys are staying safe and hope this thing doesn't uh, progress as long as they're expecting it to. But, you know, we'll keep giving you guys content keep recording episodes for everyone. Um, Keep popping them out. But yeah, like we said, episode six, tight ends and linebackers. And we're just going to jump right into it. We're going to start with the tight end group and we're going to give you our top seven. And then we're again, like we always do, give you a couple guys to look forward to. Um, And we're just going to give you our overall thoughts really of the tight end group here. Um, And I'll let Robert start. What's your what's what are your thoughts of the tight end group overall?
1: Well, it's one of the weaker ones that there's been maybe the last couple of years. I'd say that most of the depth's going to be found maybe rounds 3, 4 and 5. Uh you may have a surprise one go beginning of the second, mid-second, but I don't think the quality's there that maybe there has been in the past.
0: Exactly. And if you haven't seen our wide receiver rankings, go look at that one cuz that's, you know, people might opt to go get the, you know, the second, third, fourth tier wide receiver over, you know, maybe a top tight end this class just because like you said the talent's really not there in the top end and yep. you know we've been seeing people talk about how maybe this is one of the worst tight end groups they've seen ever in the draft and it's the opposite of the wide receivers really so yeah I felt I know mean, I have the same thoughts you do um there's a couple of guys you're excited about but only if you can get them at the right spots You was mm-hmm. at third fourth rounds um there might be a guy in this draft though that rounds five or so they could be a steal in this draft you look back how are they not a top three round guy but yep. Um, yeah, we're just going to dive on in. Start with the number seven guy. That's Harrison Bryant, one of the Bryants that are in this draft. Harrison Bryant out of FAU, so small school, um, but you know he's a senior there. Uh, six foot five, two hundred and forty-three pounds, good-sized guy. What do you have on Harrison Bryant?
1: Well, I mean he's very athletic, has the traits. He has a high football IQ, and he's a, he's a blocker that maybe other tight ends in this draft aren't. True. Uh, he he might be the most well-rounded tight end. So that says something, I mean, being number seven, but he has the speed and the instinctiveness to separate when he is running routes. He just needs to improve his route tree more and come up with some more moves to get open a little bit more. Uh, He had 1,000 yards this year, seven touchdowns on 65 receptions, so he knows what to do with the ball when he gets it, but it's just being being open more in the field
0: well you make him sound like a dream prospect so what is it about harrison bryant that kind of makes him come in at our number seven like what can he improve on
1: oh like i said he just needs to be able to run more than two routes he was playing with lesser talent at fau so i mean he needs he needs to know what it's like to be playing against top level talent and he'll find out in the nfl if he's really worth that or not
0: yeah i mean you might not have the biggest ceiling with harrison bryant but you have a guy who can block and can catch passes which is a premium in the nfl but You know, a guy who is going to be one of those day three, probably selections, you know, fourth, fifth round guy. Uh, And a guy that he is exciting because of what he has already.
1: And he may never be a flashy tight end. He's never going to put up a thousand yards, those types of things in the NFL. But he'll be that solid tight end that maybe like the Patriots have looked for. I mean, he's not going to be Gronkowski, but he's going to fill the need of doing everything that they need him to do. Uh, Maybe a team like the the Niners who already have, uh, Kittle there, yep. and so you have your second tight end there that's able to help stretch the field and, and able block. To block.
0: Yep, yep. that you know, that would be a good fit there. And, and I know you know in our free agency preview we talked or recap we talked about how the Niners were actually a finalist for Austin Hooper, yep. so they're a team that you could see getting some of these late picks. And that's what we talk about this draft or with the tight end group is that there's value late. Yep. So you know Harrison Bryant's a guy. You know, yeah, your concern is that small school. At six five two forty three, he probably was a mismatch with a lot of these smaller, small school guys. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really sure, you know, what he brings. But at least you know that he's got some good things going for him to start. Um, but we don't really know what his ceiling is. So, But at number six, it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> we have Alex – or Albert Aquing Bonham. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not 100% sure if I pronounced that right. Everybody just calls him Albert O because that's all you need to know him yeah. by. Because if you can't pronounce the last name, at least you know what he can bring to the table. Albert O was a guy that we talked about in 2018, potentially being what we thought was the superstar tight end of this draft. Maybe a top 15 lock. I mean, he's got everything you want out of Missouri. He was a junior this year, but he has a sophomore. We thought he was the next big premier tight end. 6'6", 258, huge size, but more surprisingly was what he did at the Combine. He walked into that combine, ran a 4-4-9 at 6-6, and then just walked out. He was like, that's the last drill I'm doing. I'm not lifting.
1: I don't need to do anything else. Deion Sanders, get in your
0: limo and get to the airport. I'm sure his agent walked over and was like, get the hell out of here. You don't need to do anything else. But again, why do we have him at number six? And that's just because Albert O showed in 2019 he is very inconsistent. He had Kelly Bryant as a quarterback. So you're talking an ex-Clemson guy. We thought Kelly Bryant maybe coming into Mizzou could really make him – you know, be that first round solidified guy. And what we saw was Albert O not live up to what we thought he could be.
1: And if you looked at mock draft starting the year, a lot of people thought he might be an end of the first round type of tight end. And it just never panned out that way. And then there was there was rumor he wasn't gonna come out this year, and then he came out late. So I mean just a lot of indecisiveness from him, but he's got the build and the frame and everything to be a great tight end in the league.
0: Yeah, if you could pick a guy that you're like, I want that you know that guy and we'll work with him it's albert o. yeah um and so the guys ahead of him are guys that we have we think they bring at least an elite trait to the team that they're already going to be a more of an impact player but albert o, i mean he's you're going to probably see yourself in a third fourth round um i think with what he did at the combine i could see him sneaking into the late for or late third yeah. just because we don't have these pro days and other things to help other players improve their stuff but i would say his biggest knock You know, doesn't have the great route tree like you just mentioned previously with Harrison Bryant, had some drops. um, But his best trait, you know, obviously, besides the great size and speed combo, is his ability to score touchdowns. Now, I have a crazy stat for you Uh, Albert O, he would score one touchdown every 4.2 catches.
1: I'd be throwing it to him all the time. Yeah, you throw
0: the ball (laughs) eight times to him, you score twice. So to me, that's just what you're, you kind of have something there with Albert O. You know, to mold into a potentially a star tight end, um, but he just has a lot to improve on. And you know, Mizzou, he was in the SEC. He had that one good year, but we're just really—I mean, he's—I'm like, excited about Alberto yeah. and what he could do. I
1: like teams like the Packers and maybe the Cowboys to pick him up, where you got where you got quarterbacks that have the arm to get it to him and are more willing to throw it to him, and offenses that kind of need that spark. So he, he'll be a good second option for somebody, maybe a third. He's not going to be a number one guy like Gronk was for Brady. Yeah,
0: and you look for those teams that like to get the bigger guys the ball in the end zone, like the Packers with Jimmy
1: Graham previously. Yeah,
0: they like to have that guy. Rodgers can rely on throwing to the ball or throwing the ball to him. So if Alberto doesn't really improve to be anything else but a big red zone threat, he'd fit in the in the Packers well as well or there as well. Jaguars another team I look at, um, just a big body for Minshew rolling around. Um, but yeah. I would say, you know, he kind of compares to what we saw maybe with O.J. Howard a few years back, but O.J. Howard was a more developed blocker and that's something Alberto O just really doesn't do. So, I would say, you know, the comp's not perfect, but you know, Alberto's at least got a lot of potential, um, but that's where he falls in at number 6 for us. At number 5 we we have the other Bryant, we have Hunter Bryant out of Washington. He came out as a junior, now a smaller kind of guy, 6'2, 248. What do you have on Hunter Bryant?
1: He has above-average hands. He has great body control when he's leaping to get the ball, Um, and he gets the ball at the high point, which is hard for a lot of tight ends, wide receivers. But, again, he's smaller, so you're drafting him to be more of a slot guy than you are a tight end. He's not going to be a blocker. I mean, he's going to be put in that position where you expect him to run a lot of routes, which is the way that the NFL is going nowadays. He just needs to be more consistent in what he's good at. And there seemed to be a lack of that maybe this year. He did have 825 receiving yards, but he only had three touchdowns, which if you have that many yards, you need to start putting the ball in the end zone.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, what's a, what would you say is a good comp for uh, for Hunter Bryant? Would you say Evan Ingram? Yeah. Just kind of with that size. I mean, that's how i look at him. A poor man's Evan Ingram. Yeah. I mean, Evan Ingram was, was quicker in the in his, in his combine and yep. stuff, but that's what the Giants have done. They've lined him up in the, in the slot. And then you hope Hunter Bryant just becomes a matchup. Nightmare for a linebacker on him because he's going to be faster than your linebackers. But, you know, if you have a safety come up or a corner, he's still going to, he's 248. So he's going to box them out, get the ball.
1: And, and I like teams like the Bengals, who, I mean, they're taking Joe Burrow. He's another weapon out Spread there. Spread him out. Yep. So you're not looking for maybe all the blocking there. You're looking to get some weapons to help Burrow throw to. And <clears throat> I think he's that type of guy that could be there.
0: I look at the Panthers or maybe the Redskins. Sure. Uh, you know, Panthers, we see them, you know, they picked up Robbie Anderson, they've got Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. They really have the speed thing going out there. And I think that's my, you know, you get Teddy Bridgewater, a guy that he can rely on as a big body guy. And the
1: Redskins just lost Jordan Reed. So, I mean, you're filling a guy in who fills that need of another slot receiver tight, tight. end. And Vernon Davis was there, another yep.
0: speed guy. So, yeah, those are two teams that we see could fit fit, uh, fit well with Hunter Bryant. Um, but, yeah, let's get into number four where things kind
1: of start to get exciting, um, and that's Thaddeus Moss.
0: Now, tell me a little bit about Thaddeus Moss. Well,
1: for you, uh, or for those of you who don't know, that's Randy Moss's son, the great Viking and Patriot. We'll, we'll, don't forget
0: uh, the Niners uh, we'll and avoid the avoid Ten- all the <laughs> other teams.
1: But, I mean, he's a sure-handed pass catcher, just like his dad was. He's a phenomenal blocker. So, again, you're getting an all-around talent there. He was on a championship-winning LSU team. So are his stats a product of Joe Burrow, like all these other LSU players. He'll be a good secondary option at the NFL until further development, which he will need time to do. But if you're looking for a blocking tight end, then Moss should be a top of your list.
0: So one thing we didn't mention about Thaddeus Moss is he, he's 6'2, yeah. 250. So he's got that Hunter Bryant kind of size, yeah. but he's a sophomore. So there's a lot to work with. You have a young guy who really showed out in the SEC. Um, and again, it was it LSU, you know, was it that offense that he really thrived in? But no, it was he did everything. He blocked, he was, he was a safety blanket for. Joe Burrow and it's kind of like Harrison Bryant what you you know like the reason we have Thaddeus Moss so high is like when he's younger but he has more potential he's more refined and all those little things he does and his upside is is way up
1: there well and you talk about the upside I mean he has some of the best hands in the class just like his dad so I mean you're going to see more that you got Moss at the next level with him coming in I like teams again the Patriots just because I mean of his dad's connection there but I like teams like the Texans He'd fit in great with Deshaun Watson. He'd be a great target. They're he going to need
0: great, people to catch the and ball. He was
1: great in the red zone during their, their during their championship run. Um, I also like teams like the Jets, who are kind of lacking that uh, explosiveness and the blocking ability for Le'Veon Bell. I think he'd be a great fit to fill all their needs. Now,
0: here's where I think he fits, and that's with the Panthers. And I know I mentioned them previously, but they bring Joe Brady out of LSU, and I just think he slots in there well. If they get them, you know, Brady, Joe Brady knows what he can do and what he could bring for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but yeah, you know, Thaddeus Moss. There was another tight end at LSU in uh, Stephen Sullivan. So they had two really good tight ends. Stephen Sullivan will find himself drafted as well. He's a kind of a later down, later in the road guy to kind of keep your name on as well. And I, th-
1: I think Moss could be one of those guys just based off of potential and names that could go in the second round somewhere. I mean, teams will reach on him just based off the pedigree and the production that he's had. Depending on what the Bengals are looking to do, they could partner oh, with yeah. with Joe Burrow there, who's already comfortable with him. And if that's a player he wants, then that's who they'll go get.
0: Yeah, let's say you get Burrow in the first round, you know, number one overall. Would you take him? Would you take Thaddeus Moss first pick in the second, or with their high second round pick?
1: I, I think it's too early for tight ends in the second round. If I was a team that was tight end needy. I'd be waiting until the third or fourth round just because I don't think there's a big degree of separation from one to seven. And that just – it says a lot about the lack of quality in this draft for the tight end class. Yeah, I
0: think you made a great point in thinking Thaddeus Moss at the Bengals because, you know, they run the ball well with Joe Mixon. Uh, they get their guy Jonah Williams back, and I think Thaddeus Moss there at the Bengals would be a perfect fit. If you get that three round, va- third round value on it,
1: that's a, well, that's a and, steal. And what about the Cowboys? Who you lose Jason Witten there? I mean, you're looking to throw the ball, and you're looking for blocking for Zeke when that lines and a older. big name. <laughs> yep. So, and and that's what they are looking for in those types of players. Yeah. So I think it'd be a great fit if they went that direction too. I
0: think if you're a fan of a team that needs a tight end, and you see Thaddeus Moss sitting there, it's late second, early third and your team takes him, I think you're you you you're have really, you're very happy with that pick because yep. you know what you're going to get from Thaddeus Moss. All right, now for the top three. Number three, we have Bryce Hopkins. Um, and people might not know Bryce Hopkins like you do Thaddeus Moss. The name's not really there. Um, but he's out of Purdue, uh, six foot four, two 245. So, you know, very, very good tight end size. Now, the interesting thing about Bryce Hopkins was that his dad was actually a Pro Bowl offensive lineman in the, in the NFL. So, he kind of, again, another guy with a great pedigree. Uh, maybe not as good as you know the mosses, but yep. still a good pedigree. Now what's interesting about Bryce Hopkins is a guy that's just scratching the surface. And that's why we have him at number three is because he had consistent production um at at Purdue. I mean last year 61 catches, 830 yards and seven touchdowns. But a guy who hasn't been playing football, I mean just started in high school. Yep, still
1: still fairly raw when it comes yeah. to the tight end. And
0: he joined just because his dad was a you know big name uh and and they wanted him to join the team. Otherwise guy who I believe played some basketball um, but you know, it's, yeah, he joined the team, uh, immediately, probably more because of the name got a starting spot early in high school, but yeah, goes to Purdue and just gets better every single season. So Bryce Hopkins might have the highest ceiling in this draft, um, even more than the next guy we're going to talk about, but that's what Bryce Hopkins brings to the table is a guy who's, who's shown production, but is just starting to scratch the surface. Athletic can also do some blocking, but just has room to grow. And I think that's where the intrigue. Could get, you know, I think he's a he's a gonna be a solid third round pick. Um, if he falls into the fourth, you hurry up and run your run your card up and, and pick Bryce yeah. Hopkins. So, but yeah, that's who's who's sliding in at number three. Um, at number two, we have Adam Troutman, and that's a name probably most of you don't know, but it's a guy who I'm really high on. Another I know small you, school, man. I know you like Adam Troutman, and I know the, the people in the NFL in the NFL circles really like Adam Troutman, and yeah, another small school, Dayton, he's a senior. Um, now another big guy, 6'5, 243. So he's a big bodied guy. Um, and really, you know, highly productive at Dayton, but what does that really say? I mean, was it because it's a small school, you know, he was a matchup nightmare. I mean, how many small school guys can go mark up a 6'5-243 X basketball player who is a red zone nightmare. Um, you know, he, so highly productive, he's tough. Uh, he's, he's just strong and he blocks well, but he's got room to room to grow in the blocking yep. part. He's not the fastest guy, but you know, I think I just think good fits for him. I think over time you you could see again the Patriots. We've been talking about them. I think Cardinals could look at a big guy like that, um, just as a safety blanket for Kyler Murray. And we've talked about the Texans as well. Maybe the Jets. I know the Jets have have had some of these. Again, I like Titans. a
1: team like the Niners. There, I think he'd fit well with Kittle um give yourself a little more of an explosive offense and I think he'd be able to learn a lot from Kittle both of them being young
0: yeah and since he doesn't have the top end speed he's gonna have to find separation in terms of getting better as a route runner and hopefully not dealing with double kind of coverage so if you go somewhere where you already have somebody to pull some of these linebackers that Kittle they're gonna be watching Kittle Trotman could find the spots in those zones and then be an absolute red zone threat and if he develops as a blocker I mean, absolutely. He's going to be a, hes going to be in the NFL for a long time if he can develop that part of his game. But now, Adam Troutman one of those guys who is his stock keeps growing. So he was talked about maybe a fifth round pick. Now a fourth, and I think he won't get out of the third round. And I think besides our number one guy, he might be the one to sneak into the late seconds yep. um, and be a second round pick. So Adam Troutman's a guy to watch. If your team can snag, snag him in the third, you're 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 pumped. Um, there's a lot of room to grow too. Um, but that brings us to the number one guy, and that's Cole Kmet. Out of now a known school, Notre Dame. He's a junior. And, again, we're going to talk about a big guy here, 6'6", 262. So why don't you tell me a little bit about Cole Komet and why he's our number one guy?
1: Well, I mean, he finished the season 515 yards, six touchdowns on 43 receptions, so nothing big and flashy. On a kind of a running team. But, again, you talk about 6'5", 250 pounds, you're not going to want to stop him. I mean, he brings good size and combination, of solid functional strength to the table, which translate to the NFL. I mean, he's going to be able to move people blocking. He's going to be able to get off of linebackers trying to guard him that way. Um, he's tough to bring down when he catches the ball, so there's going to be a lot of yards after catch that way. And he's also to be a down-the-field blocker, which you see with Notre Dame. He's he going to be able to block and then get to the linebacking core and set an edge for a running back to get down the field? I mean, we talk about running teams, again, that are really good fits for him. Again, I like the Cowboys there. <laughs> Maybe the Packers look at him depending on when he goes. But I also like, again, the Texans or the Redskins who are really trying to solidify that position.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, he ran a 4-7 at the Combine. For a guy who's 6'6", 262, that's a phenomenal time. Um, and I just think, you know, and I, to me he's a poor man's Gronk. Yep. Um, he's already got the the blocking skills there. And you know Notre Dame blockers come out and are phenomenal in the NFL. I think he's got the blocking you want, but he's also got the receiving down the field, can break tackles that Gronk used to do. And now this is the guy who's your second round talent. He's he will be a second round guy. I have a hard time believing he slips to the third, but he he very well could. Um and what's interesting, the yardage might not jump off the screen as like super impressive, but I know they also had Chase Claypool there, who we talked about in our wide receiver uh prospect mm-hmm. analysis. And Chase Claypool is a guy that, you know, another like 6'4, 220 something, ran four-four. He kind of also was. A, they kind of had a two tight end set almost with them because Chase Claypool is out in the slot, so he had to share some production with a guy who's going to be a top three round talent anyways. Yep. So that's Cole Komet. I, I really like him. I like what he brings. He's he's probably your most overall uh, ready player to just step in and make an immediate impact in the NFL. Um, and so that's our that's our top seven. We just want to bring out a couple other names for people to know a little bit. Um, Jared Pinkney out of Vandy, Vanderbilt. 6'4", 257. What do you have on
1: Jared Pickney? Well, his season was cut short because of injuries, so you kind of got to look at his 2018 stats, which was 774 receiving yards, seven touchdowns on 50 receptions. So, again, once he gets the ball, it's for chunks of yards. Uh, Good overall athleticism. He also shows the football IQ that you're looking for in the NFL to play multiple positions, whether it's a slot position or tight end position. I mean he's a willing blocker and shows instances of being a finisher. So I mean he'll pancake people, drive. Just an into extra the tackle at times. Yep. 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 And so I mean he does a good job of holding the point of attack, as you say, as a blocker for the game. So if you're looking for an all-around guy that maybe you're taking a risk on because of injuries and what school he went to, with Vandy not being a great school, I mean, he could be a good fourth, fifth, sounds like kid.
0: another Niners uh, Niners guy yep. he'll slide in there with Kittle. But um yeah, I think another guy that's kind of interesting is Colby Parkinson. Um, now, now again, we're going to keep talking about big guys. seven252. So you're talking about just um, a massive receiving threat out there, but he doesn't have the, the elite speed you'd love um, to get to stretch the field. But what you have is a guy that's a red zone threat, but a phenomenal inline blocker. Um, you come out of Stanford, you run a pro system, you run the ball a lot. He's going to be a good blocker. But these are the guys you're talking probably fifth round um, type players. Um, Josiah Dagora out of Cincinnati. Um, 6'2, 242. He's more of a he's a blocking type. Um, That's going to be a a fifth, sixth round guy. But I know some people really like what he brings to the table. Um, You know, coming from schools that had like Travis Kelsey come out of there, Um, and then Jacob Breland out of Oregon, 6'5, 252. Another good size. He was a safety blanket for Justin Herbert until he got hurt as well. Um, So I think Jacob Breland kind of also didn't get a full body of work to really look at what he can bring to the table. Um, But yeah. Not a lot of that top end talent that you absolutely love. Cole Komet's our number one guy. Um, but some guys who if you get the good value in the in the you know third rounds for sure, these are some really, really good targets in the in the third, fourth rounds that would, you know, slide in and hopefully make your team better. So now we're gonna talk about the linebacker group for the 2020 draft, which I would say has some like opposites of the of the tight end group in terms of what we see for the linebackers. Why don't you give me your thoughts on the linebacker group? For this draft
1: I think there's a couple In the first Second round That are kind of Not or don't miss Players where They're going to be Stars for a long time In the NFL I think it's a very Athletic group Where you've seen Maybe linebackers In the past That are you know They're either Pass rush Or they're Rushing game heavy Mm -hmm. But these are Kind of more complete Linebackers across the board
0: Yeah I don't think You're scared to take Like potentially Three linebackers In the first round Um, It's yeah Top heavy group Unlike the tight ends um, And maybe not the deepest group in terms of, you know, past maybe three rounds like the tight end group is, but you have the big names in this, you have the star power in this group. Um, And if you can get one of those top three guys and you're a team that needs a linebacker, not only getting a linebacker, you're getting a captain for your defense and a leader. And that's also something that's really exciting and kind of interesting about this group. Um, Again, we're going to give you our top seven and then some guys to look for. Um, So we're just going to dive on in. And Malik Harrison, number seven coming in for us, Ohio State senior 6'3", 247, spill it on uh, on uh, Harrison.
1: Well, again, he's been a leader like you talk about with Ohio State, and he has the combination of size, the physicality, and range to help the run game for those teams in need that are looking at him. Um, the instincts are just average, but his physical traits make up for what he lacks and maybe his instincts. He has some coverage limitations, so you're not looking at him being a pat or a, a cover guy for a linebacker but i mean he gets the pressure in the pocket as a blitzer and again he has the athleticism to spy mobile quarterbacks which is big in a game of mobile quarterbacks now uh, i like the comparison of maybe like a kj Wright to him the seahawks kj Wright. You know, Yep, and if you can get that again he may be like a third round type of pick maybe a fourth i'd say more third but if you can get that there and he can be a leader for your team then i think it'd be a great pickup
0: yeah kj Wright. i mean a it- Guy who's been on the leader kind of for the Seahawks for years, um, kind of irreplaceable in what he does there. And, uh, you know, Malik Harrison, you're right. If you get him where you get him, maybe if you get him in the fourth, you're loving it. Uh, But yeah, I think late third probably. Uh, And I think teams that really fit for Malik Harrison would be like the Rams, right? You lose Corey Littleton in free agency. um, And I know he was more of a coverage guy, but you don't have a lot of that draft picks if you're the Rams. You get Malik Harrison with one of your later ones. Um, and you get a captain in that defense
1: and and I like teams like maybe the Chiefs or the Broncos who are kind of or s- trying to solidify that linebacking core but don't want to do it really early in the draft so maybe looking at his a athleticism but, yep, yep and his maturity a little bit later in the draft
0: yep yeah so Malik Harrison um, yeah you, you know what you're going to kind of get with him uh, when you get Ohio State players you know you're going to get some speed some, you know athleticism and guy who's played a lot of games and in some big games yep um, in the Big Ten so Yep, we're gonna move into number six, guy I really like, and that's Jordan Brooks. Um, Now we could put him up at number maybe four, five, six. It's just you know depends on where you want to put him. But the biggest thing about Jordan Brooks um, is that he is rising a little bit in this draft. Um, Six foot, two forty, senior out of Texas Tech. Now the biggest thing on Jordan Brooks is the fact that he had an injury last year that really kind of knocked him kind of out of the draft circles in a sense. Um, Just a guy who makes tackles. You know he's he's not your big coverage guy. Like we, we, we see sometimes who's that most type of people are really becoming more popular in the NFL. If you can cover tight ends or maybe slot receivers or running backs out of the back. So Jordan Brooks might get knocked for that a little bit, but he's just a tackling machine. Um, He's got great size at two forty, and if he, if he can stay healthy um, and you can get him in that third round, I think teams, he might actually sneak his way up into the late second, but I think third for him. um, I think you're just going to get a solid player. Who's going to make tackles there. Um, And you know what you get with with Jordan Brooks. My comparison for him is Jordan Hicks, who the Eagles drafted a few years ago, three years ago now, four years ago, um, out of Texas. And similar thing. He kept dealing with issues with like a pec or a bicep or shoulder. And he just started to fall in the draft. But what he was was a consistent leader on the defense who just made tackles. And then he got himself a big payday at Arizona. and been a good linebacker for them. So Jordan Brooks could be a little bit of a steal in this draft. And he's kind of a hot name right now. Um, and, again, I, you know, the Broncos would be a good pick. I think maybe the Lions because they have other needs to get early. I like the
1: Saints possibly too. Yep, yep
0: that would be another one. Um, some of these teams that don't – they have other kind of needs. They don't want to spend on the, the top linebackers because they might not even be there. Um, but, yeah, we're going to move into number five, and that's Troy Dye out of Oregon. Uh, he's a senior, 6'3", 231. Tell me a little bit about Troy Dye.
1: Yeah, I know a, a lot of people probably don't know who he is, being a West Coast team, playing late, those types of things. If you're an Oregon fan, I mean, he's been around for a long time, obviously. He's been very consistent in his career. Uh, had 84 total tackles, 52 of those being solo this year. So he's around the ball a lot and making plays. Uh, very good reactive athleticism for the position. And he's, he's a downhill type of player. So, I mean, he's always trying to work towards the running backs, towards the line. line. of scrimmage. There. Yep. And so you're kind of looking for that in the linebacker. But the thing is, is at the next level, he's going to need to add strength and he's going to add mass to maximize his natural gifts. Just because you love his athleticism, but the strength's just not there to match it with the type of talent he'll be facing at the next level. But, I mean, he's just – he's an all-around type of player, again, that's able to cover, just look at his athleticism and speed. So I look at teams maybe like the Lions who could use someone that could cover around the field like that. I like the Saints, who are kind of in that division where you need to cover everybody. So I think they'd be good fits for there. Do you have any fits for him?
0: Uh, yeah, Browns maybe. Um, you know, getting him maybe later. Uh, otherwise, you know, that you mentioned the thing with Troy Dye is that he needs to put on some size to be a consistent guy, so he doesn't get engulfed at the line of scrimmage by NFL line or lineman, because he was at you know he had trouble at times, but. He was still able to be productive. At the NFL, these guys are bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, you're 6'3 at 231. You're pretty, you know, you, you could put on more weight. Probably, if he could get himself from that 245, then he's got the right size. And I
1: know you're someone that likes Troy Dye a lot, and I like him as a player depending on where you get him. But in my opinion, if there's a linebacker in these top, say, four or five that we'll talk about, he's the guy, in my opinion, that has the best potential to bust. Sure. I, ju- I just feel like we don't know enough about him. Again, it's easy to teach the or teach all the other things that he has but it's hard to get people to put on the weight to maintain it healthy and to get it to translate without yep. injuries at the next level yeah
0: I really like Dad because there is upside but yep. I, I agree with you completely like he might be the biggest high risk high reward guy because yeah when you put on 15 pounds you start maybe are you gonna start playing slower mm. and then you're less effective because what he has always counted on is athleticism but if you don't put on that weight, you're going to be stuffed by tight ends coming into the second level, those linemen. And with the game getting so spread out into the open field, you would think he would translate well. But in all reality, he's going to get engulfed by screen run or screen passing, tight ends, and linemen, and then running backs coming out to, to block. And,
1: and there was games that I watched a couple of his this year where he'd make a play, Mike make a play, and then all of a sudden get knocked on his ass. So, I mean, it just depends on what type of level of talent he's against. Yep. Where if it's a little lesser talent that maybe Oregon was playing shined on the field but if you were playing up a level with some bigger guys he was always on his back and that's going to happen in the NFL if he doesn't get bigger yeah you
0: hope you, he goes to a team that has a good maybe defensive coordinator or defensive coach who can really get you know work with these guys and they know how to get the best out of them Um and so yeah I think like like the Broncos I really like the fit with the Broncos he got Vic Fangio who's been proven to make things work and I think you know he might work with good in a 3-4 as a second linebacker so he's not he's more of an off-the-ball guy and you kind of put him out to cover and just get in the open space. And, and
1: I like a team like the Chargers, who have a pretty solid defense where he doesn't have to be the guy there. So, I mean, they can they can eat up the offense, and he can go around and make plays. So I think that would be a good fit for him if he could get in that kind of defense. Yep.
0: So now we're going to move up to number four, and that's Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Another senior, 6'2", 238, so not the biggest guy in the world. But what makes Zach Bond interesting is – He's not your traditional linebacker. He's not your middle linebacker like a lot of these guys are. He's more an off-the-ball linebacker. So talk about Zach Bond a little bit. I know you really like Bond. Yep,
1: and a, I mean he had 76 tackles this year, 53 solo, but the number that really jumps out is 12 and a half sacks. So in the pass rush, I mean he has the speed off the edge to turn the corner around the offensive tackles, which a lot of linebackers don't to make the corner to get to the quarterback. Um he can blow by them and hunt down the quarterback very quickly. He could use more refinement on the pass rushing moves. He only uses two or three. And at the next level, people watching tape are going to see that. And then he's going to get exposed that way. Um, he lacks some strength. And it's and it, and it shows sometimes when they play bigger teams like an Ohio State or a Michigan, those types of teams in the Big Ten. And yeah. he got shut down at times for those. But I think he has great potential on the upside. Again, Wisconsin guy. So, He's been in those big programs, the big weight rooms. He'll get to the NFL, put on some more weight. And honestly, he may end up being an edge rusher by the time his career is all set and over. But he can cover a little bit. He just needs to work on it.
0: What do you have for the comparisons for Zach Bond? I
1: I think the best comparison is probably like a Clay Matthews. Just as good as Clay Matthews is as a complete linebacker, set him on the side, let him go get the quarterback, and that's the type of player bonds going to be, like the T.J. Watts you yep. see at the Steelers, and yeah. And so I, I again, I like teams like maybe the Eagles look at it where they're looking for some more pass rush there, like a team again like the Browns. But the team I could really see him going to would be maybe the Packers if he falls into the right spot and going, hey, I know we need offense, but this guy's too good to pass up. And with the other pass rush on there, we can just get after quarterbacks. Yep,
0: yeah, that's a real. I think the Packers fit, and I think. I think even like late, you know, late round two for Zach Bond for the Packers. If you go get a weapon for Rodgers at one, and you get Zach Bond at two, I think your defense improves, and then I think you get a weapon for Rodgers, and I think that'd be a really really good draft. So and, and
1: I like teams like the Vikings. Maybe if he fell into their lap in certain spots to to really be that edge that they're starting to lose with their defense right now.
0: And I look at the Rams. Yeah. You know they 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 picked up Clay Matthews to do what Zach Bond does. Um, so again, if the Rams really need to fill that hole. For, for Littleton, they could go get Zach Bond. Um, and we just mentioned the comp for Bond. I forgot to talk about Troy Die quick. I'm going to bring it back to my boy, Troy Die. But uh, Zach Cunningham, you know, when he came out of at a, in the draft, again, a lengthy guy who got drafted by the Texans, and it took him a couple years to really make a name for himself. Now, Cunningham has been a, a consistent guy in that 3-4 defense, and I think you could see maybe Troy Dye end up there, and that would be a really good fit in terms of, of having two guys at very similar skill sets. But, yeah, Zach Bond – I think you're going to see him sneaking into the second round, if you know, because of his pass rush ability. I, th- I think he'll 12 and a half pro- sacks. You said, yep. Yeah, I that's- think he'll
1: probably be a mid-second, early second-round pick for some teams.
0: Yep. So Zach Bond, if you if you want that pass rusher, I mean, he's definitely a guy to look at. Um, now, number three, top three, Patrick Queen. And now, there's conversation here. Should you put him at number two? Uh, we slid him in at number three, uh, and we'll explain why. But Patrick Queen, out of LSU, a junior, six foot two twenty nine. So, again, we're already going to talk about a guy who needs to put on some weight mm-hmm. because you're 229. But at least at six foot, he's got the low center of gravity, um, He, but he plays fast. He had a good uh, good 40 time. He's a quick guy, very instinctive, um, sideline-to-sideline side line linebacker. It's kind of what you're seeing in the NFL nowadays. You need a guy who can get out in the open field, and as long as you're big enough and strong enough to get off blocks, they want you sideline-to-sideline side more so than north-to-south. Yep. Um, and I think, you know, we talked about – some of these other guys like Jordan Brooks, who's more of a, you know, just get to the line of scrimmage or Malik Harrison. Um, I think Patrick Queens, he's turning into what the NFL wants. So if he can add on another 10, 10, 15 pounds. Um, and I, I think he will, you know, the only problem and the reason we have him met three kind of a one year wonder he, he really came on this year. So you wonder, was it because of the LSU effect? Um, is it because you have these big dogs up front? You have like a Caleb on chase on that. We'll talk about um, when we do the, the defensive ends and edge rushers that, allows him the freedom to just move sideline to sideline and get these tackles. Well,
1: and you were up in most of your games. So you know that the teams are going to be passing you around. So, I mean, it's easy to know what's going to happen as a defender. You know, you're going to be in a pass offense. You can go get the quarterback. You can defend. So, I mean, at the next level, when games are closer, maybe he has to be instinctive and read the offense a little bit more. He may struggle with that a little bit.
0: Yeah. And my comparison for him is Deion Jones, who's been at the Falcons now and went healthy, one of the better linebackers in the league. And when he came on, you Know he he blew onto the scene a couple of years ago as a rookie and looked like teams were like, This is what we need as linebackers. Very similar size when they came out of school together, um, both out of LSU, ironically. Um, and I just think Patrick Queen, in my opinion, has solidified himself as a top in a first round pick, and I think a top 25 pick in that. I agree, which says a lot for these next two guys we're going to talk about. And again, depending on your team fit, do you are you a team that really wants this linebacker in the open space? and if you do Patrick Queen will jump our next guy and be drafted ahead of him um so it's these two guys are really inter- interchangeable depending on what you're looking for for a for a fit to your team um i think teams that fit really well for Patrick Queen i think the chiefs um you could see Patrick Queen maybe at the end of the first round with the chiefs just because you know they need to they're going to be up in a lot of games mm-hmm. most likely teams are going to be chasing Patrick Queen can do then what he did at LSU and like the, you know you look at teams that hopefully have a good line Eagles, I thought about at one point too. Um, Patrick Queen's a leader. He could come in, help that defense. They like the open space guys. But I just – I Patrick Queen, he, he's interesting at least. Yep. Number two guy, Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, junior, 6'3", 241. So we're looking like the ideal size now. We're starting to get to that 240, 245 range. Um, why don't you tell me about Kenneth Murray and what s- kind of separates him from Patrick Queen and what he does well?
1: Well, he's a ball hawk. He's all over the field. He had 155 tackles last season. He had 102 wow. total tackles this season, 69 of them solo and four sacks to go along with him. So he's always around the ball. He flies around the field. He's able to get to the quarterback. Um, he's fast, physical, and he's well put together. He's a good tackler, which, I mean, is it's a... It's much needed at the it's NFL. Yep. So the only problem is at times he make he can make mistakes from being overly aggressive. Absolutely. So in a in a league with reverses and things like that, he may over pursue and leave like the weak side exposed. But you can teach those things and kind of reel them back in and get the full potential out of them. But I think he's going to be all over the field. He's going to make plays. And I think in a rookie year, he could be the type of player that could be like a defensive rookie of the year. Just for if you look at how many tackles he has, he'll probably get a couple interceptions. From just being sure. there. Yep. So I, I, I compare him to maybe like Quan Alexander, who's who's been that way all over the field. He's always making plays and kind of the leader on that defense. But I, I do like him with maybe like the Saints or Falcons who are kind of looking for a little explosiveness on the defense. Sure. So I think those would be good fits for him.
0: Yeah, and I'd like him uh, with the Chargers uh, kind of, and you know, teams that really like using it. The Falcons was a good one, teams that want to get after the quarterback, um, and I think they're in a position as well to do that. Ravens, I think he'd be the perfect linebacker for the Ravens. Now the problem is I don't know if he'll be there when the Ravens are drafting.
1: I, I look at teams maybe like the Giants or Panthers. If for some reason they trade back to get more picks, could be somebody that those teams go and get that they need. Yeah,
0: Patrick, so Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray both are going to be in that range. 15 to 30 range they drafted in the first round um and what we really talked about the separation between kenneth murray and patrick queen is that patrick queen sideline sideline not going to do a whole lot of line uh, at the line of scrimmage stuff but you're not going to get past them at that second level now kenneth murray loves to go to the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. he yeah he's all over the field he's he's energetic he'll feed off that energy and he is also a captain captain that defense he's a leader but he can get to the quarterback and in, in design blitzes kenneth murray can make his money in the nfl Rushing the quarterback and getting hurries. And that's something that Patrick Queen just doesn't have in his arsenal yet. Nope. So I think Murray, just because he's done it year after year, I just, I, and you know, with, with big offenses in the Big 12, too, I think he showed that he is consistent. And I think he's going to be, like you said, rookie of the year candidate, I think is a big yeah, one for As Kent long Murray. as
1: he can stay healthy and he can keep his athleticism, I think he'll be great in the NFL.
0: Absolutely. And then that brings us to the number one guy who is no surprise. And we mentioned him a little bit in the safety preview, but Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. The linebacker, safety, corner, do-it-all guy. Um, You can't say enough about Isaiah Simmons, but I will. I will say all I can on him. 6'4", 238 as a linebacker, right? He's going to be more of your – is he going to be outside linebacker, you know, middle linebacker. He's going to do everything. I mean, he will be a matchup nightmare on the defense, which we were seeing a little bit with Derwin James doing before he got hurt at the Chargers. He's a rare breed. It's hard to compare Isaiah Simmons to anybody, and I'm going to try. Brian Urlacher. Wow. Which is – a weird one, but if wow. we sit back and think about it, Brian Erlacher was about six three, six four, played safety in college and actually ran pretty good for his size, like four five five, four five seven. 5", 4'5", um, Was a little bit bigger than, than Simmons and put on quite a bit of weight to to be a linebacker in the NFL at the, at the Bears. But I think Isaiah Simmons has that potential, Hall of Fame potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Murray, Queen, you're talking rookies of the year, or pro bowlers, um, maybe sneaking into an all-pro kind of deals. But I think this Simmons, you're moving into, like, Hall of Fame potential, which I, is why he's not falling out of the te- top ten. Yeah. I, and I don't think he's falling out of the top seven.
1: I, I agree. I think I think he's probably the safest player in the draft. I just think he's so instinctive and so fast that even at the worst, he's going to be a 15-year starter if he wants yeah. to be. Just, just because of how solidified he is as being able to identify defenses. Look at the coaching program he played for. I mean, he's played big games. He's had great coaching. And so he's going to be a great player for whatever team he goes to. And not to.
0: only did he play in big games, he showed up in big games. Yeah. I mean, in national championships, he's making plays. And at just, you know, where other people might falter, he's stepping up. He is a leader. He will be your captain on the defense. If you have any troubles in the locker room, Isaiah Simmons, he's going to work that out. When interviewed and they ask, ask him about playing, he's like, I just love football. And that's, you just, you're excited about this guy. And I just want to break down his combine numbers a little bit. So we mentioned 6'4, 238. As a safety, that's a big safety. Mm-hmm. That linebacker, it's fine if he's playing off the ball. And then at corner, you're screwed because mm-hmm. he ran a four three nine forty. He went, had a thirty nine inch vertical and he had a hundred thirty two inch broad jump. Wow! So those are like Calvin Johnson on the defense type numbers. You know that's things crazy. that you just don't see. You know and yeah, that, and that's why he's where he is at in our rankings. And to me, like he might be the number one player on my total board. Yeah. Just because you know barring injury, he's going to be your captain. And I like
1: I like teams like the Giants or maybe the Lions. Four and five or three and four. So if the Lions decide to not take Jeffrey Okuda like we talked about in previous episodes. I think that'd be a great fit for their defense, being able to solidify for the years to come. And of course, the Giants are looking to rebuild the defense that hasn't been there for years. And I think that'd be a great be a great
0: place to start if you're the Giants at four. I know offensive tackle is a big need, which we'll talk about in other episodes. But yeah, and I don't think you you fall past. I mean, every team could use a guy like Simmons. Even if you have a linebacker, you're like, cool, we'll bring him in. I think even the Chargers. You know, I think if they decide you know we're not going with a quarterback at six, which is looking very likely, how good would Simmons be? With you know the corner gr- that group they just put together, with Derwin James, kind of a clone of him at, at safety, well, and and maybe the best defense in the NFL. If, I'm just if, say that. if
1: Miami decides that, or if someone jumps Miami and takes quarterback, maybe two of whoever that they wanted, Simmons would be a great fit. They're going with Flores, learning under him, and solidifying a defense, and then working around building an offense later in the draft.
0: Absolutely, he's another guy that like, and very rarely do you see it. I mean, we saw last year though with Devin Bush getting a team trading up into the top 15 for a linebacker, this is where you're going to see a guy a team potentially trade up into the top 10 for a linebacker, which is just rare to see.
1: And in my opinion, there's no way he gets past like the Panthers who have lost Keekly in that leadership.
0: Jags at nine. I mean, they just got Joe Schobert, who we talked about. But yeah, Panthers at eight. I don't think he – or seven. 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 Yeah, I don't think we we see that happening. Um, And then interesting – I want to talk about one other guy who we didn't mention in the safety group because he is another – Kind of a tweener. We don't really know. He's going to probably be playing safety, so I should have mentioned in that episode. But Jeremy Chin, Chin out of Southern Illinois. Now, we talked about how elite uh, Isaiah Simmons is. But we got Jeremy Chin here, who's 6'3", 6'4", as a safety, in the same height and weight range as Simmons. But here's his numbers at the Combine. four four five in the 40. So, what? A few seconds slower. 41-inch yep. vertical, so two inches higher. And 183 three hundred eighty three. 138 inch broad jump. My bad. Wow. So six inches more on the broad jump. So we talk about how much of a freak Isaiah Simmons is, how rare it is, what he did. Well, Jeremy Chin just did it at the combine in the same day.
1: Yep. Um, so you wonder if he's a workout warrior and he shows up for those. I mean, he's a smaller school guy. So if you're that athletic, are you doing it against lesser talent? I, I think he's a guy, though, that'll be a good pick. To come in and help develop once he gets into the NFL and maybe give it a couple of years, and he could turn into that type of player. Yeah, and I
0: think I just you're looking kind of at the, you know, I'd say for Isaiah Simmons, depending on where you put him, a little bit of Cam Chancellor in him as a safety, but you have like a lot of Levante David in him also. But I think Brian Urlacher was a comparison that I just I felt really comfortable putting there. Jeremy Chin has a lot of that Cam Chancellor, a later round guy. Uh, Cam Chancellor was who kind of transformed that Saints or that Seahawks defense. Chin, I've actually heard some late first round buzz on him. I don't see it happening. But if you hear his name in round two and you're like, who the hell is this guy? Just go go watch the combine. <laughs> that's all you need to do to get excited for him. And these kind of guys happen every year where they blow up like that. But I, I just really, I like the safety group or the linebacker group, sorry. I really do like the linebacker group. I think your top three guys, you're talking potential perennial pro bowlers and you have a potential all pro and hall of famer. Yep. And, and that's exciting if you're a team that needs a linebacker. So go check out that linebacker group, and I think you're going to be really pleased with what you can get in the first and second rounds especially. And lastly, we just want to give you a few more linebackers to look at that aren't going to be your, you know, our top seven type guys. And I probably ranted a little bit too much on Jeremy Chin and Isaiah Simmons. I just get really excited about those, those guys who really show out at the combine and are kind of rare um, athletes because, again, you can teach all those other things, but you can't really teach you know, the athletic ability that they bring. And Isaiah Simmons has it all. So I think if you're a team in the top 10 and you get Isaiah Simmons, I'd buy his jersey. I would just, I'd absolutely be the biggest fan. And I am the biggest fan of Isaiah Simmons as a player. Um, but a few other guys to look at that aren't in our top seven. Akeem uh, Davis Gather or Gather out of Appalachian State. He was a senior, redshirt senior. So he played a lot of football. 6'2, 224, an instinctive guy, good tackler. But again, he played at a small school. Um, Logan Wilson who is a guy I'm really a big fan of as a more of like that maybe uh date late day two early day three type candidate um, out of Wyoming uh, redshirt senior. Again, played a ton of football, 62 um, six two, two forty-one. So he's got very, very good size to be a, a middle linebacker. And I think Logan Wilson's one of those guys that if he ends up not being, you know, like a five, six, seven to maybe 10 year starter, he at least will be a consistent backup in the NFL. And you'll see him around the NFL for a long time. Uh, and then I think, Anthony Jennings is another guy to look at another it's an Alabama guy uh, and he's a retro senior played a lot of football for Alabama which means he played in a lot of big games against a lot of good teams and he's 6'2 256 and it's kind of questionable about where Anthony Jennings will line up will he play more of an outside linebacker um, or would you kind of rush him off the edge but he's just a guy that had a lot of production at Alabama against good good schools so you don't know where he falls but because he's kind of a tweener um, he's going to be, again, more of these late uh, day two, early day three type guys. But that's that really is everybody we have in the linebacker group. Um, and there's a lot to be excited about. So again, if you're a, team, a fan of a team that needs a linebacker, this is a draft to go get a guy that you can really be excited about. I wouldn't say op, fully opposite of the tight end group, but uh, the, big, the big preview for this whole episode is really the linebackers. Um, they're just an exciting group, and you don't get that in every draft. So that's something good. But well, we just want to say thank you for everybody that's been listening um, and we've been, you know, help sharing the podcast because we really do want to get this growing and get more people involved because we really want it to be this community that we get to talk with and talk football um, during the coronavirus and during a time where we don't get a lot of sports. We want to be that go-to in a place for people to, to kind of get that escape that we don't have right now. Um, so we're going to keep doing episodes. We're going to be recording episode seven here very soon, and that'll be our last draft prospect analysis of offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Um, and so we really want to tell people to be watching for the next episodes. We're going to be dropping episode seven here really soon, and then we're going to get into our mock drafts. And again, with the O-linemen, the offensive line group, is offensive tackle group especially, might be better, uh, more complete than we talked about with the wide receiver group. And if we said that's the deepest class, then if, if you're going to want to check out the offensive line group as well. Um, but again, we always want to say thank you for all you listeners that support us and listen to us. Um, and again, please share your episode recommendations, qtfpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us emails, let us know what you want to hear, um, or just want to talk. We're here. If you guys have anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. Um, otherwise, stay linked on the social medias at quicker than fast podcast. Um, we just, we want to keep growing this. We, we thank you so much for the sharing and just continue to watch for us, continue to stay healthy, stay safe, stay indoors. Um, practice social distancing if you haven't already um, and let's just get this thing moved and passed and again thank you for all all the listening um, and watch for more episodes please check out apple podcast and spotify subscribe so you get updates on new episodes and until next time keep it sleazy and we're out